0: What do we get? we got some 6-9 and nine bullshit! So hello and welcome to All4Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. This week we'll be looking at all the news from around the league, uh, taking a look at a lot of games because it was a hell of a weekend uh, that we just saw. Take some of your questions from the listener and uh, look to our picks for next week. So hey guys, we've got Connor here, we got Harry, hey, and we got Roland. Hello. Hey, Blas. What's the crack? I'm very tired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all. I'm 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 a ball of tiredness. I want to go to bed. I want to be like to Sharp in the
0: end zone, mm. just having a little nap, <laughs> and then getting a 15 yard penalty assessed against sure, my team. Surely, like you need to do a little bit more in your career before you start acting the dick like that.
1: Um, did you actually uh, do you see his reason for it? Well, it It's quite nice. He so said he's, oh, he's
0: living the dream. Oh God! I like that. Oh, I like that. Fuck off! Like go post on your fucking Instagram. He right? literally, he literally did call it. That is, yeah. that is.
1: Oh, fuck off! Oh, how dare these men have aspirations? How dare they enjoy the fact that they are living out their lifelong dreams? As- a-
0: a- aspirations? I'm gonna stick a motivational quote on me, acting the arse in the end zone. Yeah, this, ah. this is the
1: salt of the former backup quarterback for the Nottingham Caesars coming out right there.
0: Oh, it's just like <laughs> ah. the don't give me that crap. Like he's, he's just trying to give himself a little bit of fucking publicity and notoriety for no good reason. Well,
1: because he's a player. That's what players do. They yeah. have to have their brand. They want to get fans. They want to players, get nice.
0: players need to learn how to play and consistently play before they start having hype brands.
1: That's nonsense. He's, 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 he's celebrated one touchdown and you're telling me that's a hype
0: brand. We've uh, we, we started on a very good note here as well. Uh, Ronan, how are you? <laughs> you don't come for uh, my but- boy. <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm not tired, just uh, quite
0: tired. But, uh. <laughs> well, both you lads stayed up for the late game, didn't you, on uh, Monday night? A bit of it, yeah. Sunday night, sorry, not Monday night. Oh, I stayed yeah. up for Monday night and, as well. Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: Didn't, I didn't manage to
1: make it through all of the game, unfortunately. No, I, I
2: gave up at half-time
0: on Monday. <laughs> Oh God! Like, I wonder if we're going to be discussing that game later on or not. It's the, it's the, we
1: discussed the two opening drives; they're very and then yeah. downhill all the way from there. Already.
0: Oh my! Yeah, no. Uh, this is actually—I'll uh, I'll probably mess at the end. But uh, also, I'm going to be missing next week's podcast. You're going to have a guest coming in to uh, to, to to fill the boots. Uh, we won't say who it is. Tease, tease, tease. That's how they do it in the biz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've got got—we've actually got a lot to get through after a big weekend of games So we'll fire straight on into the news and try and uh, play through We've actually had like three bits of news come in while we were prepping the podcast uh, today So I suppose we'll start off with the biggest one Jared Gospin named the starter uh, Does this make the Rams relevant again? My answer is no I think everyone's answer is probably no um,
1: It's a weird one I mean we'll be discussing later obviously perhaps What made this such an immediate decision um, it seems a bit strange Given that the season Isn't going well anyway And that they decided Oh you know We're going to sit him And have him learn And whatever And develop him To suddenly throw him Into the middle of a lost cause Like he turned around And was like mm, You know who I don't think Poses any threat To a new quarterback Damakong Su <laughs> Let's throw him <laughs> out there Which is, is, is That's a Jeff Fisher move Right there Oh here. yeah But it's just confusing It's like well, you, Rams... can't,
0: you can't risk the guy Being good and playing An entire season Because then he won't Get 7-9 bullshit <laughs> That's about it. It doesn't make any sense.
1: It's just a weird rowback on, like, let's develop the guy. And they're like, no, we're going to chuck him in there. And it's like, why are you chucking him in there at this point?
0: What do you reckon, Fitz? It's not in keeping with either the ethos they set out for developing the player or anything they've said to the media over the last five to six weeks.
2: Yeah, it's incredibly strange, especially... Like, there's been a lot of rumours busy saying that they'd bring him in when they were mathematically or more or less eliminated. But, as we'll discuss later, they're coming off a win... They're still in the hunt in the NFC West. I don't think anyone gives them a chance from outside the organization. But within the organization, you would think coming off a win, even if it's not a very good win, you should still be like, we're going mm. to win this. By putting him in now, it seems kind of like a desperation move. Maybe like maybe there's a bit of a hot seat under Jeff Fisher right now. He just got, he just got a
0: three-year extension in the offseason, didn't he? Or did he not end up signing that?
2: Well, he did, but
0: like... They could still cut him and he just get his money, I suppose.
2: Yeah, like contracts, mm. like contracts in the NFL aren't worth the paper they're written on. Yeah. Like, maybe there's a thing coming from management. This, like, this doesn't seem like something that Jeff Fisher has cho- chosen to do. There seems to be other things at play here, in, in my opinion. Um, and it seems a bit of a desperation move, which is coming at a very unusual time. Uh, if this had come off a loss, I think we'd all be a bit more understanding, especially, like, say, against the Jets this weekend. But because of the situation, it, it's very strange and... Well, but my, like you know the one thing we've forgotten to mention is like like it'll be interesting to see if Jared Goff is as raw as he looked in the preseason or whether he can provide some kind of spark to the team. I don't think he's gonna bring them to the playoffs or anything, but it'll be interesting to see if that provides some kind of spark and that the team like raises somewhat uh, towards the end of the season maybe get to eight and eight instead of seven and nine wouldn't that be amazing?
0: Yeah, no, of course. San Diego have had their measures fail. They had a bill in front of the local government to try and increase taxes so they could fund the stadium being fixed. This seems to have now gone by the wayside in either two-thirds majority. They didn't get one-third. Uh, so, where does this leave them? Is this just mean that they're probably going to move to LA, or is this time to start looking at other options? Or, what do you reckon, uh, fits? Yeah,
2: like it, it, like, they've already agreed in principle that they could move to LA. Like, they agreed Look to that. That was part of the agreement that they had an option. Yeah, they have to exercise that option at the beginning uh, of 2017. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what decision they make. Obviously, with the whole Las Vegas uh, Raiders situation going on, um, there's obviously a bit of pressure there because obviously, if San Diego, if the Chargers don't take up that option, uh, the Oakland uh, Raiders then have an option to take up uh, that space in LA. So there's a lot of moving pieces here right now, but this is a massive loss for. The hope of keeping San Diego, keeping the Chargers in San Diego. So, for me right now, I don't know where the Chargers are going to be next year. But if I was if I was put money on it, I would probably say that at this point they've run out of options, so they're going to end up in L.A. Even though I think the owner Spanos doesn't really want to do that.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Any thoughts on this, Harry? Yeah, I think that pretty much uh, pretty much sums it up. They've got themselves into a really bad situation. Shockingly, Spanos still continues to be a monumentally incompetent owner. And yeah, they've basically managed to be outmaneuvered not only by the Rams but by the Raiders,
0: and that's just that's that's embarrassing. Interesting potential. We'll see what happens as it develops. But uh, Raiders to Los Angeles, Chargers to uh, to Oakland. That would piss everybody off. Oh that yeah, would yeah. Be
2: amazing. It's hard not to think of back to like last season when the Chargers like sent out that letter, basically pissing all over the yeah. San Diego government. <laughs> Uh, mm. that that may have uh, contributed to the, the less-than-welcoming uh, uh, vote environment.
0: Yeah, I'd <laughs> imagine. So, uh, two lads being bad lads. Uh, Chicago, Asha Jeffrey is now suspended for four games for PEDs. He admitted that it was him. He took it. He thought it was it was part of an anti-inflammatory. He didn't know it was on the, the illegal list or whatever. Uh, and also, Kenny Vaccaro is facing four games for performance-enhancing drugs as well. Uh, this time, it was Adderall. Adderall. Um, I suppose either of these gonna make a big difference? Well it's interesting with the, the
1: Jeffrey one because of the contract situation. Um, there that could be quite damaging for his you know, idea mm. to to get an extension now. It might not be the worst thing in the world from to get out of Chicago. I was told going to accidentally in inverted commas take some steroids and you'll be out of Chicago next year, I probably would. There's an
0: element to which you gotta you gotta think he's out of there anyway.
1: Yeah, you do. But oh, this yeah. I think is kind of the final nail in the coffin. Uh, obviously, look, we can go back over again how like oh I didn't know it was in the supplement slash anti-inflammatory. How many times have we heard this? Like yeah. it, it doesn't wash at this point anymore. Just from Chicago's perspective, obviously it's bad. He's probably the best receiver on the team, although he hasn't been playing great this season. It just makes a team that's already struggling is going to be worse. But I think uh, I think we should throw the Adderall question over to the Seahawks fan at this
0: point. Yeah, the Adderall Seahawks. Uh, what do you think of their usage?
2: Look, that, that was a few years ago now. I think nothing's come up since then, so obviously nothing has happened. Um, <laughs> well, like, in terms of Kenny Vicaro, this has probably been his best season. By a good amount, he's actually shown some of the promise. Um, that New Orleans thought he had when they drafted him in the first round. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some of that's now in question uh, for why he was playing so well. Um, but yeah, like this, is, it's a stupid move uh, for a player who, like, who I think has the option picked up, um, and so is also in kind of a contract situation at either this season or next season. So yeah, like both these players. The the word like the the people who get hurt most in both these cases is the players themselves. They're going to lose a lot of money through this.
0: Speaking of uh, speaking of questionable uh, substances, uh, marijuana relaxation is being mooted by the execs for the next uh, collective bargaining agreement. A lot of players have been very vocal on this, saying that it's useful, especially for dealing with injuries, de-stressing, etc. After games, uh, to be honest, this is a move we've all expected to see coming anyway for a while. Um, like, is there any surprise to this? But I think from the the
1: sort of moral stewardship aspect that the NFL sort of bizarrely prides itself on, as we can see with with its general treatment of celebrations and dancing and players' attitudes and so on, um, this is something that it felt like the league might be a little bit behind on. Yeah. In terms of moving, but I suppose if the executives themselves are looking at it, and if the owners have decided that it's just not worth it at this point, um, it's it's good to see because it like it only makes sense. It's been I think uh, there are ballot measures in another couple of states that passed. Uh, that kind of got lost under all the bad news coming out of the election, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so as it becomes, I think, more and more legal in America, and as uh, the federal, well, under Obama, anyway, the federal government basically didn't enforce violations at state yeah. level where there was a conflict between state and federal jurisdiction, whether or not that will hold true under Republicans remains to be seen. But like, it certainly makes sense because, you know, they all, they all smoke it anyway. That's and it doesn't really hurt anyone. It's not like steroids. It's not resulting in any... Um, significant advantage being gained. It's I've never, relaxation. I've never heard of
0: anyone smoking a load of weed and suddenly being class at sports. <laughs> yeah, like it's normally exactly. the opposite. But yeah, like to be honest, it's 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 coming either way. Whether it comes in the next CBA or not, this is going to be relaxed to the point where it's not really looked at anymore. I'd say um, NFL have sent out a memo on a slightly more serious note about speculation on concussions following the rapid speculation around Alex Smith two weeks ago. Uh, basically, that no one should be saying someone does or doesn't have a concussion. They just have to give a generic type answer of they're in a concussion protocol, medical team are watching them, etc. I'm not really sure what this achieves, apart from them trying to stop people discussing concussions, uh, which I believe is how they got into trouble for these in the first place. Uh, Fitz, what's your thoughts on this uh, generic response to all concussions?
2: Well, it was a very corporate memo, and the reason most corporate memos exist is to Cover your ass. The NFL is covering its ass with this. It doesn't want these kind of like speculations coming out, and it certainly doesn't want the, there to be willy nilly speculation about whether someone has been concussion or not. They have a concussion if the NFL says they have a concussion. No other situation is a concussion, <laughs> uh, and that's the legal line. Uh, so this is definitely just a legal move. Um, it's kind of a dirty move, but you know, from the perspective from a purely you know selfish legal perspective, uh, you can see why this corporate memo exists.
1: Can a coach come out and say they have sub-concussive brain trauma? Uh,
0: probably not. <laughs> God damn it! No loopholes. <laughs> oh, my! Uh, Mike Evans has uh, spoken out about his, elec- his national anthem protest, uh, basically saying that he did it in response to the election, the outcome of the election. Uh, he was annoyed. He felt it was very personal to himself, but he's now apologised to the military, etc., and said he will not be uh, not be sitting out any more of these. Um, it was an interesting twist on the idea When we discussed this earlier in the season We said there was a problem where There wasn't necessarily a direct end Or progression of this opening a dialogue idea He says he's going to not use this anymore for it, But try and open a dialogue other ways How he's going to do that we'll see But um, is there is there anything to make of this?
1: Uh, not a huge amount Obviously it's a bit weak Just in general If you're going to go and do the thing Just go and do the thing Don't row it back That just pleases nobody Interestingly, there was a couple of NFL players um, with some politicians, actually, uh, in meeting with some politicians, um, I think today, earlier today, oh, uh, about police uh, police enforcement. Um, and it was like, quite interesting to see the photo, because all the players are black except uh, Josh McCown, <laughs> it was just a good ally, uh, which is great. So that was actually cool. You see, there is obviously something coming hmm. from this now, and there is an actual attempt to integrate it into the mainstream. Evans' protest, obviously, was... Uh, I think sort of missed the moment yeah. if that makes sense look I understand why he did what he did I think he's totally entitled to do it I think coming out and apologising for it really is stupid and just makes him look pe- much more petulant than if he'd just gone through with it yeah. it makes it look like a heat of the moment I wasn't thinking what I was doing thing where it's like no I considered this and here are my reasons like happening at the start to kick this whole thing off but uh, yeah, I think we'll have all forgotten about this in a couple of days. To yeah, be
0: honest, with you. no, I think so. Finally, Blair Walsh has finally been released. Uh, probably two or three weeks too late. Let's be honest. Uh, media reporting that Minnesota will sign Kai Forbath. Uh, I suppose can't really be a downgrade, can it? Not
2: not this season. Like I think, like this is another one of those cautionary tales of how quickly a kicker's career can go down go downhill
0: three three obviously, three games after the uh after the draft and the kicker's career can be going downhill <laughs> like
2: yeah and like you know all this started obviously in the playoffs last year with that like massive uh, shank uh basically not win the game against the seahawks um yeah it's, it's a tough like it's a tough situation it's a tough to be a kicker because unlike quarterbacks or other or you know most other positions like a kicker is fairly interchangeable there are plenty of adequate quicker kickers waiting out there on the street waiting to be picked up Kai Forbat he has some experience in the league and he probably can't be any worse um, I think Blair Walsh is a victim as much uh, of, of the basically the associations with his name now as perhaps as much with his actual kicking percentage although his kicking percentage has certainly been uh, below average but yes. that's certainly been true throughout the rest of the league as well to a larger extent this season
0: yeah, so we'll see. Like we haven't got confirmation of Kai Forbath, but it seems to be an all but foregone conclusion that he's the person who's going to be taking over. So we'll see how that uh, continues as Minnesota continue their attempt to hold on to the uh, hold on to the NFC North. A uh, couple of injuries to run through. A lot of these will come up in games that we've had, but we'll just flag them now. New England uh, Gronkowski uh, has got a punctured lung, chest injury may miss one to two games. Uh, Uh, This is coming after he said he received the hardest hit he's ever received as a football player uh, on uh, Sunday night's game that we will be discussing in a bit. Uh, Obviously, this is a bit of a drop-off, but New England are playing three tomato cans over the next three weeks, so it shouldn't be that much of an issue, right, Harry? Yeah, no, it shouldn't be. Look, obviously,
1: it's... um always bad to lose a player like Gronk it's a weird injury to get obviously it was a huge hit and I should point out a clean hit in fairness yeah. uh, from Thomas it was such quite funny to so saw after like Gronk was on the ground obviously having had his lung punctured then he finished the game he's a lunatic yeah I, just, I remember um, I, I remember
0: seeing him get up and he just you know, looked a bit confused yeah. and then went oh I just go back to the
1: huddle." <laughs> Thomas also like it clearly was a huge impact you could see him sort of walking away and thought, I'm not hurt I'm not hurt yeah. I just kill that man ow away <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah obviously just one of those things uh, unfortunate that, uh, that he got a punctured lung but we should be okay and look Bennett had another very good game and looks like he'll yeah. be able to come for us in the, in the interim.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Uh, Pittsburgh's Angelo Williams knee surgery is going to be gone for at least three weeks. Uh, they got Lev Bell back, but it's always good to have someone to be able to spell him at times and to give a bit of a change of pace. Is this a big impact for them, Fitz?
2: Yeah, no, I think that they'll be able to survive with them. Like, they definitely could do with all the help they can right now, but when Lev Bell is fit, they tend to bell cow Bell. So I don't think <laughs> they'll have too much of an issue. Of course, if, if Bell goes down, then like that changes mm-hmm. everything.
0: Uh, Ryan Clady's gone down with a shoulder injury out for the season, Uh, so too is Kyle Long for the Chicago Bears and Jake Long for Minnesota, a whole lot of them Long, Meebane's gone for a season as well with a torn bicep and Robert Quinn is injured, non-football related he's in hospital, we haven't got any more details on that, Uh, so I suppose of the rest of them, what what are the biggest, a couple of these are very good players but not necessarily on great teams
1: yeah I think that's pretty much a good summary of it. Let's just chalk another one up there for San Diego though with me Bane. yeah they another every
0: week Good God, and
2: Jake Long is another in a long succession of tackle injuries for Minnesota,
0: yeah, so this is they're now on to there so they've lost two already. this is the third, and I think they cut one, so are they now on to their fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh tackle of the season, more or less yeah. Yay, fun Jeez. times uh, They should get on to your guys See if they can pick up some uh, basketball players Who haven't played since uh, <laughs> Pee Wee They seem to do fine at tackle, right? You got Tony
2: Gonzalez, he'd probably be grand
0: like, you know. Oh, that's it he was, The only reason <laughs> he wouldn't come back Is it would delay his, uh, his, ho- his, his Hall of Fame Right, sure, look uh, We'll leave it at that for now, lads Because a lot of this is going to get folded into the games We'll move on to looking at the games from last week So we're going to go through a good couple this week So we had a couple of absolute stompers.
1: Uh, Best week of the year, I'd say.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Now. Uh, especially with two in a row that we were watching. It was great fun. The first one up, uh, Dallas at Pittsburgh. is a great team between two strong teams. Uh, Big Ben looked fully recovered here. 408 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but even 150 yards from Antonio Brown wasn't able to stop Ziggy Elliott's pummel party. Uh, the the... <laughs> Fucking
1: hell. Oh, I hadn't <laughs> thought about the implication Ziggy of that. Ziggy party. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Leave it in. (laughs) All right. Ziggy went down uh, on 114 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, over five yards of carry, as well as adding a lump through the air. Uh, Prescott was over 300 yards with two touchdowns. Even Des had a big day, when he went over 100 yards. Uh, but we also had some weird shit happen in this game. Like there were six missed two point conversions. End to end excitement. It was it was very very enjoyable. So I suppose Rowan, I'll come to you first on this game. Uh, do the Cowboys lose again this season before they hit the playoffs?
2: Right now, you'd have to say no. Like I suppose in the NFL, whenever we, we say oh this teams gonna be undefeated, they'll they then turn around and lose a game. And obviously, they're in a, in a highly competitive NFC East this year, and they still need to play. Um, I think everyone uh, at least once. Actually, no, they played. Uh, they played Washington twice. Um, but like, like they have a they have a fairly like strong run in. So I wouldn't put like money on it. But right now, with the way that their offense looks. You wouldn't really bet against them uh, right now. Like basically, Ezekiel Elliott is like melting faces off um, and having basically amazing plays. Like obviously, like you, like the most obvious. Well, one of the more obvious ones is, is the was the game winning touchdown where like, it was like uh, could big enough hole for running back, but he the way that he took it and was gone instantly just shows you the kind of explosion that he has. But what was more impressive even more than that was this mass like this kind of busted play uh, like second and long. Like screen pass thrown to him, he takes it to the house. That's the, like when you have a player who can do those type of things on offense, it's very difficult to lose. And then you throw in Des Bryant, who had a good game in this. He has an explosion. Like he's getting one on one looks consistently because they're having to stack the box. They're trying to stop Elliott. And um, within all this, you have Dak Prescott controlling the game, doing what he needs to do. Like he's not playing within himself, he's not like playing super conservative or anything like that, but he's just controlling the game and doing what needs to be done to make sure that they. That they don't have stupid turnovers. Uh, there was one turnover in the first half, uh, but that was just a good strip sack uh, by the Steelers. And like, you're going to have
0: those occasional mistakes,
2: but they're so outweighed by the amount of quality that he's shown so
0: far. What do you make of the accusation a couple of people have had, saying that Ziggy was being uh, greedy, and what he should have done is sat his arse down on the five yard line and let them finish out the game?
2: Like, like I, I can see the argument for that, but like, this is a like I think this is the type of team where. They're not riding like this isn't like uh, like this isn't like the New England Patriots or something like that. They have an established identity, or and it's all about playing the clock and stuff like this. This is a young, exciting team which is riding a wave of enthusiasm. Scoring touchdowns in that situation makes you it makes the fans excited, makes everyone excited, and makes a really good spectacle. And I think of all the teams in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys are the ones which are most attuned with the idea of creating spectacle. Not necessarily good spectacle over the years, but certainly making noise. And I think in that situation maybe it would have been clever and maybe it's like, oh this is maturity, whatever like that. But I don't think that's in the identity of this team. This is a team that goes out and wins by bullying you, by running you over, and by showing that it's better than you. And even like even the defense, which is probably mediocre, managed to basically have a decent day compared to where they are. Like don't like they were down three defensive backs in the first, like in the second half and they still managed to put together what was a Adequate, if not amazing, defensive showing. It's what is supposed, like what is one of the most explosive offenses in football.
0: On that, though, I'm going to go to Harry. Like this was a loss, but the Pittsburgh team were playing very, very strongly. Like surely, if they're playing like this, Pittsburgh have to take that weak AFC North.
1: You, you would think so, and there were certainly reasons uh, for encouragement. Like you said, primarily the Brown to Rothf- sorry, Roethlisberger to Brown connection looked like it was back in full flow. Brown was relatively quiet patch of the game, and sort of did explode towards the end when uh, Pittsburgh went into real kind of desperation mode some concerns about how the running game is actually going although bell bell's pass catching ability can make a difference he actually hasn't looked all that fantastic on the ground part of that's down to the o-line the concern for pittsburgh i think out of this game is that the dallas o-line handled them up front um, was and like as well as elliot played as, as you both have mentioned he had a lot of time and space to work with and he did a great job taking advantage of that But the blocking he got from that line was superb. And this is, again, one of those reasons why we see Dallas as the best line in the league. So for Pittsburgh, the question coming out of it really is, is is that just a function of playing against an O-line that's that good? Or is there perhaps a little bit more of a weakness up front and a lack of consistency up front than we've seen? But overall, this was a big improvement for the team. Like, it's the way that they want to play... Um, on offense, anyway, was vindicated to an extent. They were very, you know, they they, they could well have won this game. There, it was it was very very close, and there were a few very minor things that it basically swung on, like that idiotic Fitzgerald Tucson attempt to catch in the end zone, mm-hmm. and 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 so on, like that. They look like the best team in the division. It doesn't matter what they look like measured against themselves beforehand, or measured against where they should be. They now, after this week, look like they are better than the Ravens. They are better than the Bengals, and like, I'm not even going to say it. They don't. Cleveland don't even. They're, they're so Yeah, sad. Cleveland are so much they're better so than them. Like. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so I think if Pittsburgh can, can, can continue playing at this level, flawed as it was, it should be enough to uh, to basically get themselves this division.
0: Yeah, so here's something they can they can keep that rolling. Uh, the next game, we're going to do two in the ring honour this week because they were just two fucking excellent games. Uh, Seattle at New England Patriots, 31-24. to There's seven lead changes in this game. Memories of goal line passes going awry uh-huh. have been reversed as Seattle stopped New England on the one-yard line for the big win. Uh, Tom Brady had a decent day. His stats don't look as strong because Blunt got to take all the goal line carries so he's got no touchdowns. Uh, Russell Wilson, possibly his best game of this year. 348 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Coming out game for for, for CJ Pro size, 153 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Baldwin caught all three touchdowns as well, which is just remarkable. Uh, a very physical game, but the tough. And this was probably the toughest defense that the Pats had to face, I'd say, uh, so far this year. So Harry, I'll come to you first. Really? Uh, like obviously, there's a bit of Jamie Collins' impact here on how the New England defense played, but was there also an issue in the game plan and how they lined up to take on the Seattle team?
1: Yeah, I like. I don't think you can attribute the struggles just to Jamie Collins. Although perhaps we are seeing that was a factor. Like this was a, like it wasn't a terrible defensive performance, but it was bizarre against that Seahawks O line. You would have felt like New England should have done a bit better. And I mean, yeah, they came away with uh, three sacks in the end. Overall, it didn't feel like they were creating as much pressure as you would have expected against that Seattle unit. And I think you know you you got to really question if there's. Not even necessarily this play calling, but like if just the personnel, which is a lot of players who are just grand is perhaps missing something of a spark more so than just Collins, but something that would actually even with Collins perhaps get exposed against a better um, against a better team um there was also questions about the play calling on that final um, attempt to score, which was a little strange after the Seahawks themselves made a slightly strange uh, call down the other end for a yes. two point conversion um, the the play calling was bizarre and then after the game Brady coming out saying, well I wasn't necessarily trying to score on the sneak and it's like well." Why that's overthinking it, and also why are you tell like, this is just weird. So, definitely, definitely questionable. Also, on the final pass to Gronkowski, now you can say whatever people were saying on the internet, oh, you know, he was held or whatever, but he, initi- like, that was, he initiated the initiated contact. contact. He didn't need to do that. If he just yeah. separated, he probably could have caught the ball. Why are you throwing a low percentage route to a guy with one lung? Like, it just seems because strange. Because Tom that-
0: Brady pairs success with deflation.
1: <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, no, it just felt like that was mishandled a bit. So it, it, it's 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 not a bad game. Like, I think we still look like a good team. It's just one of those things where it's like, look, there were things that could have gone our way, didn't go our way. There were there were problems Seattle played. It was what, I think probably Seattle's best offensive performance of the year, possibly. But I think, yeah, there, there were cracks shown in New England that I don't think other opponents have been able to show that came out against mm-hmm. Seattle. Now, it was still a game New England could have won. You could argue that it was still a game... England should have won with the, the messing around on the goal line, but then we'd talk talking about where we should re- give the Super Bowl back to the Seahawks. So we won't no, go down that course. line of we won't go down that line of reasoning. Yeah, certainly, certainly some questions to take away from that, but. Yeah absolutely no reason to be downbeat or panicky you lose a tough game to a tough team a close game closer than the scoreline perhaps gives away um i still think that this doesn't leave new england any any kind of weaker position and of
0: course now you get to play fucking san francisco next tom brady's (laughs) gonna throw for like a um, million yards uh fits strong performance especially given you're missing some starters here uh like better than that but with a plus two turnover differential in a game they're still struggling on your one yard line at the end of it like Surely that's a little bit worrying. It's a good win, but it's a win that maybe should have been in the books a bit earlier.
2: Yeah, like consistently during this game, they were settling for field goals in the red zone. I know As how that major, feels, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's a major issue. But like, I suppose with the way that the running game is right now with Christine Michael, he was dealing with a hamstring injury and CJ size while being an amazing uh, weapon, isn't perhaps the ideal running back to be putting up. Uh, you know, in between the tackles in a short field, since he's a converted wide receiver. So I think there's definitely issues there. Uh, but they did have some success, like particularly going obviously to uh, to Doug Baldwin, uh, who, who you know, he has a pretty good relationship um, with, with, with Russell Wilson at this point. Like you know, the the solution for that, like this has been an issue for the Seahawks for a while. The solution for that was supposed to be Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jimmy Graham's been having some amazing highlight reel plays over the last like month or so. But the red zone uh, productivity hasn't really been there. So I think in terms of worries from this game, I think red zone efficiency continues to be a consistent issue with the team. I think the other issue that they had, like looking at the negatives briefly is that you know they didn't put that much pressure on Tom Brady in this game. I think they really like they really are feeling the loss of Michael Bennett for these weeks, but he is expected back towards the uh, in a couple of weeks. so hopefully by the time the real action comes along in the playoffs, They'll be back to the defense that we thought that, that, that we usually see them are that they have shown earlier in the season. In terms of like the good, the offense managed to win a game in a shootout, and that's something that this team, like traditionally um, coming from like a, like the Super Bowl uh, winning team, was not very good at. Like I think there was historically something of like if the op- opponents scored more than twenty six, they had lost like all of those games uh, for like a two year period. Yeah. But this is a more explosive team right now. Uh, a team that can actually go out into a shootout and actually do stuff, and I think the biggest thing, the biggest positive going right now, is that Russell Wilson is looking like the old Russell Wilson. You saw some of his el- elusiveness in this game. You saw a little bit of his running ability. I think we saw a bit more of that in Buffalo last year, last week. But in this game, you saw his elusiveness. You saw him doing his annoying uh, to Harry, at least I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. escape escaping the pocket. I'm thinking in particular that uh, that like TD just before the end of the like the, the, the first half. Where basically he ran around long enough for Doug Baldwin to get open and then scored a touchdown in what was obviously an incredibly momentum-shifting time of the game to get that score. So I think Russell Wilson healthy, you get back Michael Bennett, you have to ask, but you have to think that Seattle is looking good to go down the stretch and to compete to at least hopefully get a, a, a like a bye uh, in the playoffs, and then hopefully push on towards the, the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, yeah. Now we're going to move into the neutral zone now after this. Uh, first game up in the neutral zone, Denver at New Orleans, 25-23. Uh, to 23. Slow start from both teams in this game. New Orleans push it in the third, but then they're bested by the Broncos' fourth quarter recovery. Uh, all of them looked remarkably boring throughout this game, apart from the Denver O-line, who were fucking horrendous. Um, they gave up six sacks to the Saints' defence. The Saints' defense, the worst defense in football... The Browns have a better defence than the Saints have. It was a blocked extra point kick that set up the win for the Broncos, uh, questionable in several ways and has been chopped up by analysts ever since. Mostly there was an interesting tactical move of pushing down on the snapper to give people a route through, which it turns out is completely legal but will not be for long. <laughs> and uh, also the obvious thing of uh, the person potentially, like 99% definitely, but wasn't called out of bounds uh, on the run back as well. Obviously, New Orleans are going to be stinging after this one. It's a game they probably should have won. But their performance against one of the top defences in the league, does this give you hope for them for the wild card or maybe even a push for the AFC South, although that might be a bit much?
1: Oh, well, with Atlanta you know, Atlanta coming up short, it's not the dream isn't dead for, yeah. for New Orleans at all. Um, yeah, I think it was very much a New Orleans Saints performance in a lot of ways. We had um, an explosive offence, which even though limited somewhat by Denver's defence, still looked quite good. Um their defense looks like it's improving slightly, um, but still stinks, to be honest with you. And they're still going to get in exciting games. They're going to get in weird games. Like you said, they probably should have won this. Um, but the thing for them is if they want to push for it, they've got to stop these like sloppy things that happen. Like that that kick thing. Okay, you can say it was a freak thing, whatever. That happened. But you look at the fumbles by um, uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Like two inexcusable fumbles with very... Rapid succession he over the Fucking
0: inexcusable. He ended with zero fantasy points because of those two fumbles. It cost me a fucking game, so he yeah, did. Yeah,
1: well, you know, I, I started I started Jay Cutler, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Bye weeks are awful. But, uh, yeah, so there was there was that. And also, like, Breeze interceptions weren't great throws. Like, the team is at times, I think, on offense in particular, trying too hard to make up for the. Uh, how poor, basically, the. Uh, defence is. Because they have no faith in their defence, even against an offence as poor as Denver, it results in them making uh, poor decisions, trying to force plays on the uh, offensive side of the ball, that's a problem for New Orleans. It's difficult to say how you you fix that, but ultimately it's going to come down to whether or not this team can find a more comfortable way to play rather than constantly being on a knife-edge thriller and settle down and control games a bit better. If they're able to do that, they have a real chance of winning this division, but if they're not, they're not going to be able to close the gap because they're going to lose more games like this that they should have won when they turn every single game they're into, except against the Niners, obviously, into a ridiculous knife-edge yeah. affair.
0: No, of course. Ron Roland Denver, squeak a win, but like they... Their offense looked anemic against the Saints' defense. The Saints' defense, the worse than the Browns' defense. Uh, their, their O-line looked like Swiss cheese. The quarterback did not play well. We were expecting them to swap quarterback uh, in the third quarter, to be honest. Uh, are we starting to see the cracks emerge in this Denver team that their record belies their actual possible weakness?
2: To a certain extent, but I think like we, we've seen the cracks at certain points this week, uh, at, at this year, and... It's, all, it's just the case that we know what this team is. We know it's a team that relies on its defense, and in this case relies on its special teams to get things done. And like Trevor Simeon didn't have a good game, but he's not expected to have a good game. He's like a seventh-round pick um, that they didn't even want to go with. They tried to sign their original quarterback. He was like their third-string quarterback last year. What are you expecting from it? And to be fair to Trevor Simeon, he had a couple of very ugly interceptions but he also had a number of like pretty clutch throws as well. So for Trevor Simeon, he's he is what he is. He's just a you know middle of the road, like average, maybe below average starter in the league. Like it's it's not much worse than if you were starting like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in one of his decent years or whatever like that. I suppose the bigger problem is that, you know, we know those limitations, we know those exist. So the rest of the team really has to perform to an incredibly high level to carry that, just like they had to carry Peyton Manning in his like decrepit last, you know, melting form last year. And right now the offensive line isn't opening up enough holes for this running game. Like Devontae Booker had a decent game, but like it was really just through volume rather than actual any talent there. Capri Bibbs has had some like had had like a nice highlight reel last week, but didn't really do anything here. So you're not really getting complimentary football from the running game. And the defence, it looks good. It had a lot of good plays in this, but did get opened up by the Saints. And that has to worry you because like like once you get to the playoffs, you are on general gonna be playing better offences. But the one thing to note on the defence is they are still missing a key to leave. I think a key to leave is a vital component of that defence, of the way that they play defence, obviously going man to man and being able to cover uh, like going with their man of man zone and able to cover those top receivers. Like Brad, like Roby is a good cornerback and Harris is also a good cornerback. But I think a key to lead is that like prototypical cornerback that can really control and keep like keep the keep the quarterback, the opposing quarterback, in the pocket, not throwing the ball long enough for the defense to do its thing. So I think there's there's definitely reasons to worry on this offense, but no more than last year. It's all about whether this defense has it in it to basically replicate the miracle from last year and push them forward like they're in a good situation right now they have seven wins the only issue is is that you know the amount of wins they'll need to get a buy and basically win their division is going to be quite high so they may end up having to go down the uh the wild card route and that's obviously a much tougher road
0: yeah, no, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. They've got a tough little road ahead of them. So they've got the Chiefs twice, they've got New England, uh, and they've also got, uh, well, the Dolphins, but we'll see how they're doing by Week 17, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, the next game we're going to look at in the neutral zone is uh, yet another one involving the AFC West team. Uh, Kansas City took on Carolina 20-17. Uh, Chiefs travelled down to Bank of America Stadium and proceeded to get the shite beaten out of them for a half by Super Cam. 54 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown, Uh, nearly all that in the first half. But after a poor first half, 17-3 going into halftime, they shut out the Panthers and scored 17 unanswered points. Uh, I'll be honest, it wasn't the offense that did that, it was the defense that did that. God bless Bob Sutton. Uh, Yeah, Berry had a pick six, Peters wrestled the ball out of Kelvin Benjamin's hands. Uh, Hill did a decent job this week going over 100 yards from scrimmage. Uh, But yeah, this was overall a messy game. Where the offense didn't show much, but the defense stepped up in the second half. But this, they weren't there in the first half at all. So I suppose, Roland, I was going to say, is, is this the end of the Panthers? So at three and six, facing New Orleans on Thursday night football.
2: Not quite. yet. I wouldn't count them completely out just yet, um, because like both, both their main competitors in the division, like like Tampa Bay, have more wins than them. But Tampa Bay are a really shit team. But like whatever. Um, but like both the teams ahead of them, like New Orleans and Atlanta, both lost. But that makes it even worse because this is a game they should have won. This was their chance to really get back into that hunt and be uh, equal equal to the Saints, only two games behind Atlanta, and they threw it away. So now the road to getting a playoff spot, um, or which is probably most likely winning the division still, it's just got incredibly tough. So, like, I think this is, like, the kind of loss, like, maybe they can come back together, maybe they can put together one final push but I think with the momentum that they had with their two wins coming into this into this game, this is where they, they must have felt good. They must have felt great. It's like we're back to doing what we did. But then in the end, they just didn't have the new like the, the, the news to actually close out the game. Eric Berry's uh, return for a touchdown was an amazing play. And I'm sure you'll talk about that, Connor. But Cam Newton threw that ball into traffic off his back foot when he's under pressure. Yeah. That was a stupid move in a situation he should have taken the sack. He should have been willing... To take the sack, take the safe play. You're ahead, hedge. You grind right at the clock. Like Kansas City's offense hadn't done anything all, all, all like all, all, day. But they, like that, was such a massive momentum shift in this game. And it's kind of like you know everything went right for, for Carolina last last year. Every all the all the fifty-fifties, everything went for them. That to me signifies the kind of thing where if I'm a Carolina Panther right now, I'm probably thinking whether I'm a fan or a player. I'm kind of thinking like, are we cursed this year? it's just, it's just not our year. And once that infects the team, it's very hard to see them coming back. Massive game, as we'll talk about on Thursday, against the, the New Orleans Saints. But, like, right now, like, this team is so talented, you can't count them out. But, like, right now, this is the kind of game where you could see them spiralling downwards from here as well.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I must say just one last thing to add on that one, because uh, I never, ever thought I'd get to see the day when this was true. D. Ford tied for the most sacks in the NFL. D. Ford, the, the horrendous draft bust that we had. Is turned it around somehow. Uh, So it'll be exciting to see. Houston, they reckon, might be back for the next game. Uh, Like I'll talk about it later on, but I'm happy for him to sit and wait. I'm more excited for him to come back the following week against Denver uh, because I think we've got Tampa Bay next and we probably don't need to risk him in that game, or at least I'd hope we don't. Uh, But yeah, also thank you Bob Sutton again and Cairo Santos, you're a fucking star. Cairo Santos, our entire offense—literally uh, no offensive scores apart from Cairo Santos. Uh, Cairo Santos and Eric Berry. Uh, what a time to be alive! Now into the dumpster fire, and I'll, uh, we have L.A. at the New York Jets. What do we get? We got some six and nine bullshit. I called it. I I kind of called it. Uh, called nine and six for the for the Jets, uh, and a total stinker. But to be honest, they 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 started Bryce Petty instead of Fitzpatrick, and maybe he's worth three point swing. So, maybe I got it right after all. Uh, that's in no way true or accurate representation. So, I've got a blind test for these guys. Which of these two would you prefer from a quarterback? 165 yards, no touchdowns and no interceptions, or 163 yards, one touchdown and one interception? This is a trick I question. I assume
2: on the same, around the same number of attempts I assume.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Well, I know what the stat lines were, so I know yeah. which one's better.
0: <laughs> oh, God. It was horrendous. You could put those guys together and it still wouldn't be a great stat line. Like um, Keenum and Petty were awful. Kelly Britt had a good game, got 109 yards. That means like 45 yards went to not him in that offense. Uh, Matt Forte had 109 yards from scrimmage, which is pretty nice. Um, there was 15 punts in this game. There was also 15 points in this game. Illuminati. Illuminati, maybe. Um, <laughs> and for Fitz, there was over 700 yards of punting.
2: Yeah, well, Johnny Hecker had another great day. Like, I think Johnny Hecker is probably going to... Probably punting All-Pro this year. Yeah. Uh, calling it now. He had He had. Uh, it lock that Was, up, was you know? it
0: 70, 79 or 82 yards or something? It was some uh, brutally long one where he just got them all the way out of the end zone. So. Yeah.
2: His only competition is that Harry's boy, obviously. Um... Market King, so that's mm. that's a, that is the ultimate thing to keep an eye on for the second half of the season. Whether Johnny Hecker or Market King will will get ahead in the punting stakes to be the all
0: pro oh, you know, It's amazing. Um, so I suppose I suppose <laughs> we'll we'll get into the analysis of the actual game then. Do we have to. Harry, is this not proof enough that we need a second tier league for promotion slash relegation? <laughs> no. Will no. Petty keep the starting job? No, right. No, there's an actual. Come question on, I prefer the first one. Right. First question. Um, no. 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 No.
1: <laughs> no. And I'll tell you why. The Rams are the only team Who can take wins off the fucking Seahawks That's funny. Uh, like Genuinely, the, the level it, it's, it is astonishing That it is impossible to find 32 humans with all their limbs Who are capable And they don't even need to be men technically Because legally women can play in the NFL 32 humans in, with four limbs And a full control of faculty Who can play quarterback competently It is a testament to how hard that job is the level of it is so demanding that, that that guys like like well Bryce Petty obviously not intentionally in Case Keenum can be starters in this league. That's the positive I'm taking from this. It's a reminder of the exceptional level of play and athleticism and intelligence is required from players to be merely bad at this game. That's absolutely remarkable. On the other hand, I don't want to talk about this anymore because this was actually possibly the worst game of football I've ever seen. Oh
0: yeah, it was literally like just break out the eye bleach, uh, Roland. I, I was going to ask you: Are we going to see Jared Goff? But we've kind of got that answered. Uh, can he make them watchable?
2: It, it's it's going to be going to be tough because, like, right now, like, there is not that really like like the one interesting thing. Is, like, maybe they'll open up Tape and Austin, or maybe they'll go for a short game. Maybe there'll be some kind of change because Case Keenum, like, he, he he oscillates between being incredibly dull, plays within himself, won't go like more than five yards, except for maybe the occasional bomb to Kenny Britt. Uh, to ridiculously stupid. So I'm thinking like the the New York Giants game in London, where he just throws some spectacularly stupid balls for interceptions, and like it, it's it, like it's Jekyll and Hyde, except like both of them are shit. Um, <laughs> it, it, it it's just well, I suppose like they weren't actually, but neither of them were actually that good. But like both of them are like really bad.
0: It's like Two so, Face if he only had one face and it was the bad guy, <laughs> then he had <have> no gimmick. <laughs>
2: So, it, it's kind of like, it, so I think the biggest surprise, like one of the bigger surprises this year has just been how ineffective Todd Gurley has been. Todd Gurley was supposed to be that offense and he hasn't really done anything all season and he hasn't looked he's going to do anything, like you can put someone on the O-line, but this is supposed to be a game-changing uh, running back uh, who's supposed to be able to overcome these type of things and he just hasn't looked like it this season.
0: This is the thing, he was uh, last year, is it like, I've heard people say that it's he's lost faith in the line that he's kinda, he's not hitting the holes as hard as he would beforehand, Like, do we have any idea why?
2: Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think to a a certain extent, maybe there's a lack of trust there. But I think there might just be just a weight of expectations and that teams know they can just basically stack the box um, against them. And and that's about it. Um, I suppose, like, just briefly, I suppose the Los Angeles Rams defense continues to also be completely unreliable. In the sense that, like, sometimes they let Tampa Bay score at, like, a cornucopia of points. In the last month or so, they've let so few points in. A lot of, like, Rams, like, just, they don't make any sense. They're just, like, stupid. And, like, like they, they should be relegated not not because they're bad, per se, but because they're stupid. And, you know, fuck, fuck Jeff Fisher and fuck this team and, like, they're just bad. Spoken bad like a
1: folks. true Seahawks fan. It's
2: like, yeah, like, like, I'm already practicing for the next fucking game when they beat us, but... <laughs> Yeah, they're not they're not fun to watch. They're a terrible team and like if you're like if if, the, if there was any candidate for like worst way to try and get a new market going. It will be the Los Angeles Rams. On the
1: other hand, if the Jets could stick around forever and keep giving us two wins a season, that'd be
0: great. Oh yeah, I was looking. I was looking through some of these results and just going, "God damn, your fucking division!" Like, <laughs> I like, know, right? Fuck you! Like the worst play, the worst team in our division would win some of the other divisions. Like not your one, but like they 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 win the South anyway. Mm-hmm. I suppose with that, we'll move on to questions from you, the listener. This one comes in from uh, Mike Cawson. KC at Denver has been flexing to week 12 to replace New England at New York Jets. While other games need to be flexed uh, before the end of the season? Um, So the ones that are in prime time coming up are week 13 Carolina at Seahawks, week 14 Dallas at New York Giants, week 15 Pittsburgh at Cincy, Week sixteen, uh, it's a kind of a hodgepodge because they're doing Christmas time games. So Houston at Cincy, but the one is actually Denver at KC. Out of those ones, are there any that jump out at you guys? Like I, I, even if Carolina are a bit out of it, I still like the Carolina at Seahawks game. I think that'll be an entertaining one, provided that they're playing hard. Like,
2: yeah, like I, I have worries about that game because I think like like if Carolina have another loss or two, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a dead rubber. Mm. Uh, I think there, there's no standout games in that week, so that like that's one yeah. thing in favor. Like, but there's a few there's a few interesting like bubble games where you Lions
0: know, where Saints is one that I was thinking for that week. Maybe yeah, they both be in your, the hunt.
2: If you guys weren't so overexposed with all of your primetime games, you you at the Falcons would also be interested. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. But like we're we're yeah we're basically two times already in the last five weeks or whatever. So I'm I'm a fan, but even I know that we're a hard watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like.
2: The Pittsburgh Cincinnati game, I, I also have a few doubts about, just because I think Cincinnati will be dead by then. That week also has like the Patriots Broncos game, so that like seems.
0: Like a yeah, see game. that one. That's one I'd love to watch. Uh, so maybe yeah. maybe swap that one out for the for that game. Like Dallas at New York Giants has to be watched.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's a, that's and a prime.
0: The, and the Christmas Day game of Denver at Kansas City, like that's probably going to decide. The entirety of seeding for for the wild card plus the number
2: two, that
0: game twice in primetime. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's a bit I weird. It's important. Like the the, the other uh, Christmas game, obviously Houston at
1: Cincinnati, is a bit like. I mean, if Cincinnati lose the week before Pittsburgh, they could already be eliminated. And given yeah. how bad the South is, Houston could already be a playoff team. So that's a bit of a yeah. It could be, or, or it could game. also be incredibly relevant. It, it is could the be. Thing. It could be. Like the, to be honest, the problem really is is rarely with the Sunday night games. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the Mondays and the Thursdays. Yeah, the Texas yeah. point, particularly the Thursdays. But obviously you can't be flexing teams into.
0: No, you can't. You um, can't move days, and I think that's the thing as well is that they can't move the ones in Week 16 because of the fact they're on separate days. <laughs> God, fucking family and presents getting away a way of <laughs> Yeah, maybe move the Carolina Seahawks depending on where the standings are, and the Pittsburgh Cincinnati. It, like is it two weeks notice they have to give so they might they they might know by week 13 whether or not that Pittsburgh Cincinnati game is worth showing I also like watching Cincinnati this season they're just a bit dull aren't they, they uh, are. they've, yeah. had, they've had one or two games where they look good but all the rest they've just been bleh oh well um, that was, that was uh, yeah so we probably wouldn't change them all that much to be honest
1: <laughs> <laughs> good job NFL schedulers
0: uh, so uh, what we're going to do then is we're going to move on to looking at the games for next week so, to the games for next week. Uh, first up is actually my pick of the week: uh, New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, I've gone New Orleans. Harry's gone New Orleans. Uh, Fitz has gone Carolina. Uh, I suppose why I've picked this one because you know normally fucking Thursday night footballs are shite. But uh, Saints are tied with the Bucks for second in that division at four and five. Uh, they're only two games behind the Falcons, who are on a bye week. That means they can catch up a little bit further. Again, could be massive possibly New Orleans are the weaker team of the two in terms of roster but they're at home on a short week so I find it hard to pick away from them in that basis. Carolina are only one game further back and is Fitz said earlier, they're not necessarily dead given that everyone else lost uh, in this division. I expect a lot of points in this game, like poor defences from both and also a lot of anger on both sides. They both need this win. Uh, The Saints line looked exceptionally good. Uh, Their defensive line looked exceptionally good against that weak Denver one. So it'll be interesting to see how that stands up to a much better line in, uh, in Carolina and how they kind of deal with controlling Cam and his ability to get out of the pocket. The big one for this though, and the reason that I picked it, is because with both of these teams chasing and both of them being back in the division, but with an opportunity to catch up and both coming off losses, one to Denver, one to Kansas City, where they both in theory probably should have won those games, the mental toughness to come back from that is something that's going to be important, especially when you're coming back from a deficit to try and rally to win your division. So I think who wins this game and who shows up in this game will show us who's got the metal to be able to try and push uh, the Falcons in the back end of the season uh, now it could be that neither of them show up and that will just show us that neither of them will be able to do it but I think this is a big chance for both of them to show and leave their mark on this season uh, and set themselves up for a back end push so that's what I'm looking forward to in uh, Thursday Night Football and uh, next up we've got Arizona Minnesota I've gone Minnesota Harry's gone Atlanta and Fitz has gone Minnesota so Fitz why Minnesota
2: Arizona looked really bad against San Francisco last week. Uh, definitely another dumpster fire candidate, but you know we actually want to talk about good games this week. Um, and, like, there's something about the Arizona team that just doesn't look quite right right now. You could say the same thing about Minnesota, but like Minnesota have been fairly close in their games against what have been good teams, while Arizona have looked close against bad teams. Like, I think like Minnesota. I think they're going to stop the skid at some point. I still like them to make a, like a wild card slot, and I think this is the type of game when they're at home when they should be able to make up that thing. I think the big thing is if they can bottle up David Johnson. I think that gives them a really good chance to win this game. If David Johnson can break free, that then they might be in trouble. But I, I just like Minnesota's defense to, to take advantage of an Arizona offense that has been giving the ball away a lot more than they should be, and that the defense might get back to its early season form of winning games almost single handedly. So I think
0: that's why I'm going for him in this game. No, it'd be interesting, Harry. Why Arizona? Uh, basically, although
1: both these teams look bad at the moment and to have lost the way, um, this is going back to the thing I said last week. I think Minnesota are a team that have completely lost the plot, whereas Arizona look bad and stodgy, but you can still see something there, even though they're underperforming, particularly with the injuries on the O-line from Minnesota. That's severely affected how they play. Uh, Bradford has been bad, and part of that has been his fault, but part of that has also been the fault of the O line. Similarly, they've been unable to get any kind of run game going. So for me, like I said last week, it's just very difficult for me to pick Minnesota under almost any circumstances, unless they were playing, you know, San Fran or Cleveland or somebody like that. Any team that's in any way like decent should be able to shut down this offense at this point. For all of their problems, Arizona still have a good front seven. They still got a lot of talent there, um, and I just see Minnesota struggling to move the ball here. Uh, against against the team that like like Ronan said, if they can get David Johnson going, really shouldn't have any problems, particularly
0: with Minnesota's defense having really dropped off over the last few weeks. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. Uh, we've got Buffalo at Cincinnati up next. We've taken Cincinnati across the board. Fit twice Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, like, I'm surprised that we're actually agreeing on this, but I think I think we. I think we're all betting on the idea, like Cincinnati are still competitive. Cincinnati still have a lot to play on in what is a very um, poor ASC North this, this year. So they have a lot more to play for than Buffalo. Like Buffalo are like a marginal wildcard contender at best um, and are probably in better form. So I think we're all kind of expecting that Cincinnati will turn the corner and that the the, the, diff, the, the talent differential will be enough in this game to actually get them over the hump at home. Um, but this will probably be quite a close game and it's one of the more... It is, this is definitely a bubble game. I think the team that loses this, you can pretty much say, could, or, or that their playoff chances are going to be down in a, in a ditch. Uh, so an interesting game to watch, but I don't think it'll be an amazing game in terms of quality.
0: Yeah, no, no, with the 100% on that. Uh, Chicago at New York Giants. We've taken Giants across the board. Uh Chicago look lost uh, at the moment? The Giants, while I'm not in love with them, uh, have looked decent. They've got weapons that they're utilising. Chicago have Jay Cutler. Um, <laughs> Jay Cutler, who Harry was stressing over for a large section of uh, Sunday because he had to stop, slot him in for a bye week on his fantasy team and was uh, sitting at minus four points for quite a long time. In fact, until that Hail Mary throw uh, at the half. Chicago just looked messy. That's a rebuild that's just waiting to happen. If they could, they wouldn't be playing any more games this season. they just take it off and try and rebuild from scratch so giants to try and keep themselves competitive in a in a much more competitive nsc east uh pittsburgh at cleveland uh we've all taken pittsburgh harry does it need explanation (laughs) no it it doesn't at this point uh oh you know i wish cleveland
1: would win they don't they're not a bad enough team to go on 16 they're a bad team but they're not bad enough but they're definitely definitely bad enough to lose to pittsburgh um, look, there might be some fighting them. There's still probably some pride on the line in this game for them. Yeah. Um, but if Pittsburgh can replicate anything close to what we saw them do against Dallas, they'll, they'll roll over this Cleveland team with no real issues.
0: 100%. Also, one thing we forgot to mention in the previous podcast probably the biggest news story coming out of Cleveland of late. Uh, a petition has been filed to the city council to hold a parade to celebrate the Cleveland Browns' 0 16 season. Uh, this was submitted two weeks ago, which shows the faith the town <laughs> have in the team. And I, for one, welcome the uh, welcome the festivities. <laughs> Uh, next gave up, Tampa Bay at Kansas City. You've taken Kansas City across the board. Um, yeah, just Kansas City look good. Uh, Tampa Bay look messy. They don't work well against pressure. Kansas City should be able to bring pressure. Uh, I expect Kansas City to not score a huge amount of points, but probably get a lot of turnovers and kick a whole lot of Cairo Santos field goals. And uh, that'll do enough, I think, to beat a Tampa Bay team that... Not quite in the same league, I think. Next up, Baltimore at Dallas. We've taken Dallas across the board. Fitz, why Dallas?
2: Yeah, like Dallas right now look like the best team in football. Baltimore look like a, a, you know, a decent but quite flawed side. I think this is the kind of game where we'll see the the Dallas game to its, its highest efficiency. I don't think there'll be a lot of scoring early on, but as the game goes on, Ezekiel Elliott will grind them down and the Dallas will end up winning relatively comfortably in the end. This will be a grinder of a game, and I think it will show the talent differential between the middle class of the NFL and the elite, uh, and in this case, Dallas is the
0: elite. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Jacksonville at Detroit. Jacksonville at Detroit. We've taken Detroit across the board. Uh, Harry? Uh, You can't really have any faith in Jacksonville at the moment.
1: Um, Like Detroit, our team now on the upswing, they look like they've sort of figured it out after a pretty rocky start to the season. Uh, it looks like it's coming together. Uh, they're at home against the Jacksonville team that looks awful. Blake Bortles is awful. Their run game is awful. Their defense has been a massive disappointment. Jacksonville are just have just regressed into nothing. Whereas Detroit have looked like they're actually starting to put it together now. So you really just got to go with the home team on this one.
0: So interesting fact I was hearing about today. Uh... So, obviously, trade rumors have been abound for where Tony Romo might land up next year uh, because he's got a huge contract so they can't just cut him and it's a lot to be carrying if you're not going to be using him as a main starter. Uh, Jacksonville has been toted as a potential landing spot for them because they apparently have a large amount of cap space.
1: It's, it's a real shame that Romo has such a massive contract um, if he does leave Dallas because I want to see the GM being like, Oh, Tony Romo. Jay Cutler? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, no, oh God, that would be that would be so unfair Port Tony Romo. He doesn't deserve that.
0: Oh well, that's just, presumably he'd be in there because they, they've got talent. Uh, they've just got terrible coaching. So new coach, yeah. new quarterback. Let uh, Bortles sit behind him for a year to try and get his shit together. Like maybe not the worst city in the world. Uh, next up, uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Uh, we've got Tennessee across the board, and so I got a question mark beside my Tennessee. I'm not 100 percent on that one now. Uh, Fitz, why are we all taking Tennessee? Yeah,
2: like Tennessee look like they're on a good run uh, of form right now. And all based around this uh, kind of smash approach, getting the running back going. DeMarco Murray's having an amazing season. I think Indianapolis' defensive line is mediocre at best. You have to imagine that Tennessee will be able to run over them. I don't think Tennessee will do anything too exciting, but they'll do enough basically to rack up the points. And I'm sure Andrew Luck will try to put together another like last-minute drive or whatever to try and win the game, but I don't think it'll be enough. Uh, so Tennessee
0: in this game yeah fair enough Miami at LA I've got Miami Fitz to go Miami uh, Harry's gone 7-9 and I'm bullshit what's it this week Harry forgot to actually think about what
1: that pick is this week um, uh, probably let's see so Miami won and LA lost so that means LA should
0: win so I'm going to go Miami okay fair enough Miami across the board yeah basically LA are garbage uh, we'll see how the rookie gets going but Miami's defense have started to click. They've now found an offensive identity uh with uh, J.H.I. like I I can imagine it being potentially a low-scoring game where Miami just eat clock, constantly move the ball slowly on them. Um but yeah, like I just I don't see LA getting the spark of life from a rookie who wasn't meant to be starting this season at all, so New England at San Francisco. Uh, good God, uh, execution! I suppose New England across the board. Harry, yeah, I'm,
1: <laughs> like it, it, it's San Francisco. It's New England. Like there is absolutely no reason we should lose this game. Um, we didn't win. That's why you're
0: changing oh, your pick to San Francisco. Absolutely not. <laughs> if it was the
1: LA Rams, maybe, but uh, no look New England are just at this stage a better team in every single facet of the game than San Francisco San Francisco are a sad team they are a bad team they are probably the worst team in the NFL and I include Cleveland in that yeah um, I just don't see a way New England can possibly lose this game
0: no of course F Philly at Seattle. Uh, We've gone Seattle across the board. Uh, Yeah, I think it'll be a close-ish game, or at least closer than I was just universally saying Seattle would suggest Uh, Philadelphia looking good. Seattle are just looking excellent. They're at home. They've just beaten the New England Patriots. Uh, I don't see Philly being able to overcome that, so Seattle for us. Uh, Next game up is Ronan's pick of the week. It's Green Bay at Washington. I've gone Green Bay. Harry's gone Green Bay, and Fitz has gone Washington. Tell us about this game, Fitz.
2: Yeah, like this is uh, another one of those games... Um, that has major playoff implications. Um, Green Bay are in the N- NFC North, where you know it's basically up for grabs right now, with three teams: Minnesota, uh, Detroit, and Green Bay. All if they could put on a little run, then they could all have a good chance of making the playoffs uh, as a division uh, leader. Then you have Washington, who are just tr- trying to like basically hold serve in the NFC Beast this year, uh, where they have you know the best team in football, Dallas. And then two other teams which are showing a lot of quality this year, New York Giants and Philadelphia Eagles. So, like, in terms of what they've done recently, like, Green Bay look kind of lost. Like, they've lost two in the trot to the ASC South. That's a, not a good look to be having. And it, it, it's a very weird way that they're playing. Like, Aaron Rodgers is getting protection. Aaron Rodgers is getting gears to throw the ball, but his receivers are generally not getting open, or at least not as open as they should be, considering the amount of time he has. like Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson have managed to put together some decent games recently, and have shown a bit of production. But their, their, their big issue is that, A, the run game doesn't exist uh, for me personally. Uh, James Starks came back and was James Stark as in, i.e. mediocre at best. And the, the injuries to their secondary have really hurt them. I think, like Washington, when you look at Washington, what they've done... They've been good. They've had a very efficient attack. They brought in Rob Kelly. Rob Kelly's major uh, contribution is that he doesn't fumble the ball, uh, unlike Matt Jones. And I think for Washington, if they can avoid those fumbles, they have an efficient offense with loads of playmakers across the field uh, between Pierre Garçon, between Crowder, between Jordan Reed, and between a resurgent Vernon Davis. Uh, And then obviously there's some question marks of whether Deshaun Jackson uh, would be fit or not for this game. Probably not. Um, but they have all, a lot of efficient receivers who are good at getting open, good at making plays and again if this beaten up Green Bay uh, secondary that should be enough in my opinion. but this has massive implications. Whoever, like if Washington, like neither of these teams can afford to lose this game. so I think you you will see everything put into this and it should hopefully make for uh, like an exciting well maybe not like maybe not the highest quality but hopefully an exciting Sunday Night football. So that's for me that's for me is why I'm picking Washington and why I think this is my pick of the week.
0: Uh, this, this week. No 100% And then finally we've got a, a hot tamale of a game The first game played in Mexico uh, Houston at Oakland uh, Good god they could have picked a better game than this To send down uh, Oakland across the board from us This is Harry's pick of the week uh, It is uh, largely because I'm hoping uh, While the
1: Texans are in Mexico Donald Trump manages to build the wall And they never let back in Oh, um,
0: Poor Texans womp, womp It's fine they'll manage Vince Will Fork will eat their way to freedom um, this is he's never going to get through one of those holes that are buried underneath the
1: <laughs> <of the> <laughs> no, so he's going to eat his way through the wall uh, no no joke aside also don't build the wall Donald Trump you're a cunt this is a weird one because the records indicate obviously the team's quite close open for 7-2 Houston are 6-3 and three. there couldn't be a bigger golfing quality between these teams right now with the exception of the weird game against Kansas City Houston have not beaten a good team they beat Detroit when they were struggling uh, for consistency, they beat Kansas City in a really, really weird game. They have got crushed by every decent opponent they've gone up against. They were very, very lucky to beat uh, Indianapolis. This team is a mess. Like, last week, Brock Osweiler threw for 99 yards total in a game. He had 3.66 yards per attempt. That is appalling. And the team still won because Jacksonville. But this is a team... That has absolutely nothing on the offensive side of the ball. That ha- that has extremely talented receivers that are being wasted because they have a terrible, terrible quarterback who can only complete passes to tight ends. The run game is meh. the defense is fine but not spectacular. Oakland, look, we know what we think of Oakland. This is a phenomenal team that's playing phenomenally well. Has incredibly, ta- incredibly talented players. It's. You know, they've as the season has gone on, they've become more comfortable. They've got into less sort of stupid, shoot howdy games, and have become uh, a bit ha- be- better playing the way they can. We saw that against uh, Denver uh, the other week when they were able to adapt their game plan and just run all over one of the oh, best yeah. run defenses in the league. This is an extremely talented team that is on the up. Houston are a sad team that's going to win their division by being like. Moderately competent. Eight and eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, look, they're 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 a reasonably well coached team. They've got some very expensive pieces. They've got a solid defense. They just don't have a quarterback, and their run game isn't great, which is kind of important when you want to win games. They've a seventy four million dollar boondoggle. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. And this is a game where they need to put up points. Why is this my game of the week? Uh, Because I picked last, and I couldn't pick any of the other ones. But also, I like (laughs) stuff films. Uh, I want to see Oakland kill Houston. Not literally, but metaphorically. I want to see the life sucked out of this team. Why? Nothing but actually really against Houston despite what I said. It's just when a bad team is doing well because they're playing other bad teams, you just want to see them fall. You want to see them brought back down to earth. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think this is going to be actually probably quite an ugly game. I really don't think Houston have a lot for Oakland. And I'm excited to see Oakland with all those weapons uh, go off on... Houston and sort of Solomon. The only concern is, is that this is in Mexico City. It's going to be hot. It's going to be at altitude, so that'll be interesting to see how that affects the game. I'm still excited to see what Oakland can do against an op- op- opponent like, uh, like Houston. I say they're going to beat them and beat them pretty comfortably if they play as well as we know they can.
0: Very, very interestingly, this could well be a uh, a preview of the wild card round because That's true. Uh, one of Oakland, KC, or uh, or. Denver are going to be in this fifth seed uh, almost certainly, and uh, I, I'm I'm presuming that the winner of the AFC South will be the worst-ranked division winner. Uh, although the AFC North are going to give them a run for the yes, money. Yes, so that's
1: the issue. Is because if Houston, because Houston are playing weak teams, they can end up with actually a better record than Pittsburgh. It could do because Houston still have to play the other three teams in their division once each. So yeah, it but if the annoying. two
2: wild cards are both going to the AFC West anyway. <laughs> oh, I know, but it, it could put them, you know, it could be against hmm. the... It'll
0: oh, be yeah. the five instead of the six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, you know, best of luck, Mexico. Uh, kind of wish they'd sent you a better game, but, sure, they're still fucking over the London games from time to time as well. Sure, it's it's just how they do. Um, but, yeah, sure, that's good, Sonny. She can't with yourselves, lads. Any plans for the rest of the week? No, no, we're just going to be lamenting your departure. We're going to cry sadly over the weekend.
1: <laughs> panic about who else. I mean, no, we definitely have a guest sorted. Yeah. <laughs> we actually do. Um, excellent. But, yeah, no, I think... Uh, It'll be a blast from the past, won't it? Oh, it will, it will. Excellent, it will. Excellent. A bit of, don't call it a comeback. Uh, member? <laughs> oh, my God, Fisco.
0: I'm member.
1: Um, um, but, uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing, nothing too major on the horizon. have got some uh, work stuff coming up, uh, but that's not until next weekend.
0: Very good. What about yourself, Fitz? Any any wild or crazy plans?
2: Not much. I'll be convening with the with the doctor uh, of Butler um, uh, on Saturday to watch the New Zealand game. Ah, very the good. The reve- potential revenge game in the uh, rugby uh, in Ronan's other sports roundup of the week.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm doing similar. I've got uh, Thursday is uh, is is the big game. Uh, I my, my new division stats. We've arranged a football game against my old division, financial stability. Uh, so we're, we're, we're is that
2: their team name or their actual division? It's a division
0: <laughs> name, yeah. Financial stability was where I was. Now I'm in statistics. Uh, but yeah, so um, it's interesting. So that the I played games with, with financial stability beforehand. We hammered the living shite out of people. But uh, so they've got five guys available to play, and I think we've got twelve. Uh, so I think our yeah. I think our entire strategy is going to be hoof it long, make them run, and keep subbing fresh legs on.
2: <laughs> uh, but I Connor, remember I remember an epic an epic uh, five aside we were involved in back in the day. Oh, that where, was yeah. where such numbers didn't matter. Where only grit and determination. That's true. That's uh,
0: true. We had uh, we 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 had six people for our five aside, and every other team had about fourteen, and we still won.
1: <laughs> wow, they must have been fair shite
0: Oh yeah. Well, one of the teams was quite good, but we got them in the end. Uh, but yeah, it was good fun. And then the pastors tried to take it off us. So we won the we won the tournament. They're like, oh well, like seeing as the tournament was on, sure we'll do a, we'll do a final in three weeks or sorry, in like in a month's time. Uh, You can all come down the Saturday. We're like that was from one of the weekends we were all down in Limerick Mm. for the so so none of us could go. So just called up Dammy who was on the committee at the time who plays football and said, "Dammy, you've got a couple of mates who play football, right?" (laughs) I said, "Yeah." I said, "Sign them all up for Lit and Dead there and pop down on Saturday," Uh, which I feel fine doing because the team we were playing was the team we beat in the final of the league section. Grand. But, and uh, they hammered them as far as
2: that. Oh yes, they <laughs>
0: destroyed them. Because I think it was like the archaeology society versus lads who play fucking football. But yeah, so that'll be good. And then we've got a uh, pub quiz on Friday. So that'll be, uh, that'll be fun out in Rathmines uh, with a few work ones. And then just packing for, for Germany to go and do international statistical measurements and analysis work for a week. Because, you Ooh. know, I just live a fucking rock star lifestyle, you know? <laughs> Do you, know what, do you know what the biggest problem about doing statistics is? What? Swimming in bitches.
2: <laughs> what? Preach, brother. Preach. Preach. Oh my god. Harry's <laughs> feeling left out. Harry's just,
0: Harry's no, just grabbing I want his head. No in confusion. part of this. Like,
1: oh, it's not confusion, it's exasperation. <laughs> Firstly, you've got a girlfriend. Secondly, I don't know what your story is Fitz. <laughs> but if you're getting girls, it's not because of the statistics.
0: <laughs>
2: I like my chat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ladies, he's single. Uh, I think somehow. <laughs> but yeah, I, I look forward to, 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 to listening into next week's podcast. See how it's going. I'll uh, yeah. I'll take uh, I'll take notes. We're not bring, even going to talk about the games. We're just going to make fun of you for like I'll an hour. Bring back feedback. I might even try and have call been... in at some point if I can. I don't know if I can though. Ah, yeah, it'd be good to have you. We'll, just... we'll see. What am I? I'm an hour ahead over there, am I? Um, yeah. Yes. So big
2: controversy though is who's going to
1: host? You know? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll work that out uh, during the week. We'll, we'll. we'll
0: Here they've got Johnny Carson.
1: No, no, we just got we just got Ryan Tubridy's coke dealer Oh, excellent. allegedly. <laughs> Hi
0: Americans, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, actually, we must uh, we must also arrange. We're not getting too far from it now. It's only going to be about two weeks until the uh, the old toy show. Jesus, that feels like that was just yesterday when you were over in the apartment. Yeah, now, so. no. uh, Yeah, fuck we'll have know. to we'll no. have to arrange. For any any Yanks who are listening, there's a thing called the uh, late late toy show. Look it up; it's great. Uh, they just do the the big the kind like Saturday or not Saturday the, like the Letterman type thing. Yeah. The the the. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon chat show type thing. They have one episode every year where they just get in kids to trial toys, just get in loads of toys, give out freebies. And basically everyone in Ireland grew up watching that as being... uh where you'd figure out what you wanted to get for Christmas because you'd get to see all the toys not just in the Argos catalogue and now you just watch it because the presenter's coked off his fucking tits oh it's brilliant allegedly brilliant just watching the the presenter just sit there as like a child refuses to play with the toy or give him the answer he wants and he wants it oh come on you little shit just do what I want you to do oh my but no that'll be good fun I've got my uh, my Christmas jumper and shirt already down so uh, we'll be nicely set but um, yeah I suppose sure best of uh, best of luck next week I'll be listening in I'll try and leave you a message or something uh, my feedback on one of the games or something Uh, but I suppose for now it's bye from myself bye from Harry bye bye from Ronan. bye and that's uh, been all four quarters we'll catch you next week